that frontline service position well-designed, well-supported, so that excellent service is easy to do every day and consistently, that's good job design. If you talk to a call center representative who just seems to know the answers and knows how to resolve your issue once and done in a satisfactory way, uh, that's good job design. Welcome to Work Matters, where we explore what leaders can do to make work more productive, valuable, meaningful, and impactful. I am your host, Thomas Bertels. We have talked a lot about work design on this show, and today we are talking to somebody who has actually done it many times. Joel Spatterford is a senior executive in the financial services industry. He has extensive experience implementing work design in banking and insurance at Citibank, First Chicago, AXA, ComputerShare, and AST. In today's discussion, we explore what are the symptoms that suggest work needs to be redesigned, What does a typical implementation journey look like? What are the key success factors for implementing work design? And what are the results that can be attained through work design? I hope you will enjoy this conversation. Joe Spatterford, welcome to the Work Matters podcast. Hi, Thomas. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. You have a lot of experience in this topic of work design, which we have been covering here a lot. How did you first get introduced to this framework? That's interesting. Uh, Many years ago at Citibank, uh, they were encountering uh, significant problems in their back office, their production operations, a lot of uh, backlogs, uh, quality challenges. Uh, It was a really tough environment for the bank at that time. And and some innovative folks in operations uh, got together with their chief executive and And they said, look, we're going to look at uh, the way we do production and we're going to introduce some new ideas. We're going to introduce uh, a process to break up this this monolithic production environment we have into uh, discrete channels uh, and have those channels uh, aligned with customer segments. And then we're going to uh, look at uh, the people that service those customers in those channels and we're going to redesign their jobs. We're going to allow them to do a transaction from beginning to end because we want to build accountability. And uh, and we're going to give them a little, a little more authority than they have today to make some uh, operating decisions. And, um, and we're going to call this uh, the workstation professional role. So it was an interesting approach. Never had seen it before. Uh, and, and uh, Citibank introduced it, uh, and they aligned technology to support this, this new operating model. And uh, it took some time and, and some technical challenges to overcome, but it, it became quite successful. And uh, ultimately, the whole corporate bank at Citibank at the time relied on this uh, sort of workstation approach to operations. And uh, so I was very fascinated by it because for the first time, I could see the benefit of a structural change in a job, uh, creating a a very positive business outcome. So that was my first uh, exposure to uh, job design. I I thought it quite effective. What was your role uh, back on that project? It's interesting. I was an internal auditor at the time and my assignment was to make sure that this new model that was being introduced in operations didn't create any undue risk. So uh, so I had to be a little bit nimble myself and working with management in this innovative space to uh, 
see how we could agree on a, a control framework that would still achieve their objectives, but provide oversight, provide uh, some, uh, some, some barriers to fraud and other things that auditors care about, and, and to do it in a way that would be supportive uh, of the change. And, uh, and we achieved that. Uh, after a few months, and, uh, and, and I became even more convinced this was uh, the right model for us. So I, I was shortly after that audit experience, I was given a line assignment, and I took away everything I had learned from, uh, from this exposure to operations and the workstation role and, uh, and replicated those same things in, in my shop uh, quite successfully. Yeah, and you've been implementing, uh, you know, using work design, I think, in a number of, of right, subsequent uh, steps in your career, right? Maybe maybe give us like one example of like a right a project where you actually were like in the in the leadership seat, right? And 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 you made the decision, and, and what prompted you? What was the context, and and you know what was the problem you were trying to address? So the, the best example is probably the commercial lending space uh, at, uh, at First Chicago at the time. Um, we had a, a problem in terms of relationship management not being as effective um, at the time at First Chicago as other banks appeared to be based on benchmarking uh, surveys we had seen. So this, the CEO actually made a decision because it, it seemed like the uh, relationship managers were getting bogged down much more in administration and not spending enough time with their customers. Uh, so that was, a, that was something that had to change. So the CEO made a decision to use the term offload the uh, administrative tasks from the relationship management folks to support people. And, uh, and then he set a new set of KPIs for relationship managers to drive better customer interaction and more, uh, more business opportunities. I was responsible at the time for ensuring those support pieces came together logically, effectively, and we were able to execute you know, for the bank, for the relationship managers and our, and our customers. So it was uh, the execution of that set of job changes that uh, really was my learning experience in, in implementing large-scale change affected over 600 people in support roles throughout the country. Uh, all, all were moved into, uh, you know, really newly designed roles. So that was the, that was the beginning, and, uh, but the outcome was, was great. We'd, we'd seen uh, a really, a really good uh, metrics on uh, our internal tracking of quality and, uh, and, and we saw certainly an improvement in the relationship management's role as, as were evidenced by additional benchmarking studies. You implemented this in a couple of, of, of companies throughout your career. Um, what would you think, right, are, are like the, the indicators, um, the, the signs that, that would tell you that maybe there's an opportunity, right, to improve whatever you're given through this approach? Well, there are there are a lot of things that that jump out at you. Uh, you know, certainly if uh, if there's not clarity about roles and responsibilities, especially across functions, because as you know, the execution for customers is frequently a cross-functional event. 
many, many people are involved with the uh, servicing aspects or the processing of a customer request. Um, so how do you create teamwork alignment around that? And if it's not working, it's usually a sign that the uh, job design uh, problem exists. Um, other things, it would just be just performance, uh, the inability to take on new business effectively or feeling constrained by by supporting a growth agenda in the business because of the way you're structured, the way you're set up. Um, it's it's the, the things that are limiting success. Often job design issues are part of the equation. Not the whole thing could be systems problems, could be just process weaknesses. But ultimately, uh, if people are in the mix, they have a job, is their job contributing to the success of the company or is it uh, moving in a different direction? And that, that's what you have to ferret out. But I, I would just look for normal performance indicators and get underneath them with uh, some probing questions and you'll often find the, uh, you know, the signal of, of, a, uh, of, of a, a job that needs to be changed. This framework has been around for like a really long time, right? I mean, it goes back to like the, the, right, the 1970s. Um, what do you attribute, right, to, what do you think is the root cause as to why not more companies have embraced this as, as a transformation methodology? I, I don't know. They, they may not embrace it directly, um, but they, they do think about it uh, indirectly when they're implementing new technology, when you know, uh, when they're implementing a new product. Uh, so it is given some, some thought, but there, there are fundamental principles, you know, that, that need to be followed in the design of a new job. And that isn't given a lot of uh, thought typically. So, so what we have is people get a procedure to follow or, or a role to perform, but they may not get any feedback on how they're executing the role, or they may not have all the tools needed to uh, execute the role. So what we find is uh, the job is really not designed. There's a new function created, but uh, whether or not that person's going to stay in the function for the long term or even perform it to some level of, of expectation is an open question. But if you design it, you know, with, with the right feedback, the right level of autonomy, uh, giving the person a sense of uh, task significance, there's enough skill variety in the role, these are the elements that, you know, we talk about in job design and those are often not addressed. So, um, so I think it's still an open opportunity for people to step in, for managers to step in and, and, and think about those things and make some adjustments in their, in their, in their roles and responsibilities of staff. So what needs to be in place for work design to be successful, right? What are basically key ingredients that you need to have Right. Otherwise, it's not even worthwhile starting. Well, you've got to have uh, support from the top. It's real important to have uh, uh, an executive understanding of the importance of, of uh, keeping uh, a workforce uh, well, well-tuned, uh, efficient, of course, but that people feel they're in a good job, they have a good job to do. And, and uh, if you have that buy-in and, and executive leadership sees the outcomes uh, of, of people in well-designed jobs, then uh, I, I think, you know, that's very important. And without executive level support, you're not likely to make, to make this happen. 
there also needs needs to be a uh, what I would call a, a general awareness that the current operating model is is not uh, terribly effective. That it it uh, it needs to it needs to change. There's too much stress in the current environment. Um, there are too many constraints. We're, we're not uh, we're not doing what our customers need us to do fast enough, or our competitors, quite frankly, are. Uh, you know, are beating us in a, in a part of the market that we used to dominate. So it, it's those kinds of things that, that say, let, look, let's take a look at how we're using our people. Um, in some cases, do we have the right people? But what is the role we're expecting our people to deliver for our customers? Uh, I always like to use the, uh, the frontline service role as a critical role in anchoring the relationship that our external customers have with us and in anchoring the internal relationships that need to occur to make sure we're executing properly for the customer. So if you can get that frontline service position, well-designed, well-supported, so that excellent service is easy to do every day and consistently, that's good job design. If you talk to a call center representative who just seems to know the answers and knows how to resolve your issue once and done, in a satisfactory way, uh, that's good job design. So how does technology fit into the picture? Because, I mean, everybody's talking about AI, right? And I don't know, five years ago, we were talking about digitization, right? I mean, I think since the 1990s, right, I think there's been ever-increasing reliance on technology to drive productivity gains. Sometimes people have a hard time seeing those gains. Um, but but certainly technology starts to stack up, right? And and uh, there, there's a lot of tech in the workplace. How does technology fit into the work design picture? I view technology as a tool, and I view it also the latest technology as a partner. <laughs> the bots are a partner. Uh, we we can get tremendous assistance from AI, from robotics, for taking out routine tasks, repetitive tasks. From the uh, from the workday of, of many of our employees, and uh, so that's a good thing. Um, I think what it allows, from a job design standpoint, it allows that individual to take on new roles or to expand their roles into a more creative space uh, that has the customer in mind. So new ways to service the customer, new new ways to uh, um, provide answers to customer inquiries faster. Um, to help them rethink their processes uh, in, in working with us. So there's a lot of you know, untouched ground that, that a, a service person, as an example, can, can invest his time in doing to make us better for our customers. Uh, the other thing is um, it, it allows that person to oversee the bots and what they're doing and, and increase their own productivity we're getting the work through at a high in a high quality fashion at a very rapid rate. So there's a there's a lift in productivity in addition to the creative use of uh, of skills that they haven't had a chance to exercise. I mean, part of this obviously changes right the jobs people have, and and I can right that introduces like a, a new set of challenges. Right, if you ask people now to do right, a bigger job, right, a redesigned job, right, they might ask for more money. Right. I mean, doesn't that like threaten kind of like the business case, the ROI, um, if, you, if you redesign work? Um, what have you seen in that regard? 
I haven't seen uh, that that concern so much as I've seen the issue of job security being uh, you know front and center to to the incumbents, folks in in those roles that are affected by the technology. But what I also have seen is once they get used to the technology partnership and and what it can do for them, they they start getting very creative in how to use the tools and how to optimize it. So I see the threat diminishing uh, fairly quickly after the technology has been introduced and and really helps solve a, a lot of thorny problems. Um, because the, the real culprit is time. Yeah, people just don't have the time to do what they know they should do because of all the routine tasks and, and functions that, that just consume the day. So if you can get, get rid of a lot of that, you can start dealing with the higher order issues that, that everybody knows really need more attention. And, and uh, so, that, so that's a plus. Um, the, the threat, you know, ultimately, maybe we don't need as many staff on the front line, but I'm, I'm seeing more a, a change in how we use staff as opposed to elimination of staff uh, outright for the most successful AI programs. And, and I, th- I think uh, the, the future is yet to be written on, is this, is this all a good thing? You know, you know chat GPT, how does that get inter- introduced? Uh, again, same thing. It's going to allow people to do an awful lot more, to be a lot more individually effective with the tool than they were before. And, and um, so I, I'm hopeful that it'll be a net positive uh, as it's been, I think, so far. Coming back to like the, the work design topic, right? I mean, as you as you implement that, so what are the major challenges? I mean, obviously that's a major change. What's difficult about it? Well, it's it's almost always cross-functional. So you need again, you need executive level commitment to a program of change uh, that will include job design and and probably systems changes and perhaps some organizational changes. So it's, it's a basket of, of change activity that has to happen. So somebody very senior with the authority has to say, this, this will take place, and here is why. Uh, so you need that. You also need uh, <clears throat> really good cooperation from your colleagues and other units. And, and, and so you need engagement, their engagement um, in the process as well, and, and, and getting staff engaged so they don't feel threatened by it. Because uh, job design, you know, we look at it as a positive. Staff may, everybody fears change. So so the best thing to do to overcome the fear and the resistance is engagement. And uh, so on every level. And the other thing is uh, there is going to be some resource needed, some project resourcing. So that has to be agreed to up front. And this is not a quick fix. These projects typically take uh, 18 months to two years to really run the full course although you will start getting benefits very early in the game, but uh, it takes time to settle in and to get the full, full benefit scope uh, realized. This is about like the, right, the people side of people process technology right, to, to a significant degree. Um, what role does the HR function play in all of this? Well, the HR function, uh, you know, they, they are focusing on jobs largely to, uh, you know, establish pay grades and, and justify promotions and so forth, which are important elements uh, of the uh, equation. 
job design can feed into that and can and maybe feed off of that a little bit. Uh, we can make those job descriptions a little more meaningful, perhaps. Uh, certainly, we can make the objectives that these the folks in those roles have set for themselves uh, regarding job design uh, goals and so forth. But uh, HR should be a partner. Uh, and I think generally they, they feel good about this space, but it doesn't, it doesn't neatly fit into the way they do job descriptions. It's, it's different. So uh, I would just say create, creating a dialogue with them, making them aware of the change effort and, uh, and asking them to contribute in any ways they, they, they can. Because ultimately, if, if we do, re, do do a fair amount of redesign at multiple positions, we are going to recast job descriptions. And we are going to want to give people a career path or a career ladder within multiple jobs that have been redesigned. And you have to do that in partnership with, with HR. So I don't see them leading the charge. I see them as a, as a, a vital partner. Uh, and their importance grows as time uh, goes on and, and people are looking for career opportunities. This is a journey, right? 18 to 24 months. Paint us a picture of kind of like what that journey looks like, right? I mean, if you like break it into phases, right? What, what's like the sequence of events um, along the journey? Well, the general sequence uh, for leading an effort like this and, and have led in the past, uh, you know, I always start with... Uh, uh, survey data, if we have uh, customer survey data, internal survey data, uh, we've done job diagnostic surveys of the current workforce so they can get a sense of how well designed their, their current jobs are. Uh, we've also um, gotten focus groups set up both internally and with customers. And again, it's listening. You don't want to dive into this until you do a fair amount of listening and taking in whatever information you have. You may have com complaint data. You may have uh, information when people exit the company, exit interviews, when customers leave, you know, doing, doing a debriefing as to why we lost a particular client. Um, so all that information is vital to understand sort of the current state, sometimes the current state of dysfunction, but the current state up front. You know, and then, then, then the general rule is to uh, identify some objectives, all right? So normally, I like, again, to focus on the frontline individuals. How do we make that frontline person the most effective anchor to the relationship, to execute for the customer, and to garner the support needed internally to be effective? And so, so it starts with that role. And so we create a design team, usually about six people or so, of folks that live the job day to day. And, and maybe we mix in some other people from different functions or some technologists. And we, we do a working session over, the, over a series of weeks to come up with a, a potential redesign of that front, front job, front office job. And then once we've done that, we'll, we'll, we'll try to validate it. Um, you know, and we do so and we'll, we'll discover things like we might have said, you know, it'd be a good idea to have the, the people in the uh, in the commercial lending example, be a good idea to have, to have them go through the credit documentation for a particular loan. So before they start dispersing money or, or um, 
servicing the client regarding, they really know the credit. Well, that's a good idea, except it takes weeks to go <laughs> loan documentation. And we've got to have these people on the front line. So, so what initially was intellectually a good idea, we said, no, no, can't be done in that role. Let's have a support person read the credit documentation, summarize it, and give that summary to the uh, frontline service person. That was a much better solution. So, you, so as you sort of go into the job, what are the implications of it? Can it work? Why can't it work? What's the benefit? You will come up with many design changes naturally through that process. So once you have the, the design in a fairly good state, you're ready to pilot it. You, you take small units, low-risk units, and you do some pilot programs. And you look for the same thing, what's working, what isn't working, and you'll make adjustments in the model through, through that effort. Uh, when you finalize your pilot, or you may do multiple pilots, uh, then it's time for a broader rollout. A lot of communication is necessary to accompany that in uh, both internal and external. And, and in all these things, uh, staying close to your staff, the staff that are impacted by the redesign, or the staff who have to support the redesign, they ought to feel part of the journey. So communication, over-communication with staff is a big part of what's required. And then, and then uh, you begin that, that rollout and, and you have metrics in place to track really everything uh, surrounding the execution of the work, as well as the outcome. Uh, is it, you know, are, are customers seeing a difference? Are staff seeing a difference? Are new problems surfacing because of these changes? So you've got to be plugged into all of that, track it, synthesize all that feedback. So you're constantly evolving, constantly uh, refining the model. But you will find very early on, assuming that the technology support is adequate for the early going and assuming the training was adequate for the early going, you, you will see uh, improvements in the first couple of weeks that are quite significant. We've seen productivity improvements in the first month of about 26%, uh, you know, for, uh, for the work of the frontline people. And, and that just kept growing month after month. We saw our, uh, over after the first year, we saw our, our turnover of operating staff in these impact areas decline to about 8% a year, where it had been well over 20% in the back office. Um, and, and, and we've seen, you know, obviously that we're, we're looking at the impact it has on customers. We've seen customer satisfaction scores in perhaps six months uh, hit about 95% and stay there. And that was the highest it had ever been. So uh, you will see outcomes that are impressive, that capture uh, people's attention. And, and your costs are also going to start coming down. We, productivity improvements in the first year, about 20% were, were realized in terms of, uh, I shouldn't say, actually cost savings of 20% in the first year. And, and, uh, and what's important with these redesigned jobs is that the ability to absorb new work actually improves as well. So you, you might have fewer people, you're set up differently with well-designed jobs, but you can now generally absorb new, new work without incremental resources. And that's a big add, that's a big plus to management. How does this change the role of the manager? Right? I mean, you talked about autonomy, right? And, and, and also 
giving people like the entire job to do. How does this how does this impact managers? It requires uh, some some uh, some maturity on the part of managers. It requires the ability to let go and to allow people uh, some room to make mistakes and to grow and to take some uh, responsibility for uh, decisions maybe that used to only be done by management. So I think, I mean, we all have the term empowerment, but this, this model of job design makes empowerment practical. It equips people to be able to take on more responsibility uh, and feel confident about it. They've been trained in it. They have the tools, the information they need to take it on. There are limits to it, right? So, so if you give approval authority, for instance, to uh, to a frontline person for uh, overdrafts, as an example, on the credit side, may, maybe it's overdrafts up to a certain dollar amount, or for a certain set of customers. So you still, you know, you still are managing uh, the risk, but you're you're letting go. And you're allowing the people who probably are in a better position to make the decision on the front line, make it and, and, not, and not be second guessed. And uh, it also frees up manager time. That's another benefit of this. Right. So because uh, a lot of the approvals tend to be perfunctory approvals. And when when this, the right people are doing the approvals, they're real approvals. <laughs> so, uh, it, again, lots of benefits around that, around uh, letting go of authority and empowering people to be accountable uh, with their their core job. So it's it's very refreshing. Everybody wins. Is this really still relevant today? Uh, it's a trick question, right? But but uh, and and where is it relevant only in financial services, right? Where we have like this frontline customer experience, transactional work, or, or you know, where do you see um, this adding value? Well, I, I think it really, it, it is relevant. I think there are a lot of other tools now, much more sophisticated tools than we had in the very beginning. And of course, technology has, has really changed the game dramatically. But I, I think as long as you have issues where roles and responsibilities are not clearly defined, there's confusion between units uh, in terms of coordination, cooperation. There's... there's um, uh, a lack of accountability um, that's evident in many parts of the company where things are passed on to somebody else and, and certain things just don't happen properly. If those problems no longer existed, then maybe you wouldn't need to talk about job design anymore. But I, I feel, you know, in every organization, those conditions still prevail. It's a question, are they, how, how bad are they? You know, it, it's a uh, it, if the noise level is, is is really loud, if you're losing customers or you're losing staff, you know, at a level that you're not happy with, then take a look at jobs because often job design is part of the, the the issue that is is not being addressed. And if you address it, you involve the right people, and you follow the basic principles you'll make a positive difference and you'll retain people longer. Your customers will begin to feel you're executing better because by the way, they always notice when you're not executing well and, and you're not really hiding anything. And so let's, let's solve it at the core, put people on the front line in a better position to deliver, empower them, train them, uh, reward them. And uh, it all works. And, and managers uh, should be happier about that because 
they can focus on more important things about the future of their business and their unit and let staff execute the work um, that they know needs to be done. Wonderful. I think that's a, that's, I think that's the perfect ending for this conversation, Joe. I, I don't think we should carry on any further, right? I think, I think uh, that that's, I think really, I think really spot on. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation. It, it's been a great pleasure to have known you for all these years. And, and I'm, I'm glad we finally got a chance to talk about, about your experience implementing work design uh, in, a, in a number of companies. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Thomas. My pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe, like, share, or comment. Until next time, let's make work matter. Mm -hmm.